Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Good morning, Ivy. My name is Matt Millar. I am the Global Operations Director for an organization called New Thing. Uh, We're a global organization aligned around mission that works with churches all over the world to start church planting movements. And so we catalyze church planting movements. In 2022, we were part of helping to catalyze 9,256 new churches around the world. I am American uh, by birth, don't hold that against me. I do live in Nairobi, Kenya with my wife, Talaria, and it's a pleasure and an honor just to be able to share with you this morning. Um, Anthony's a a very good friend of mine, and so just um, privileged at being able to share with you this morning as we talk about going. Um, And so with that, we can open our Bibles and we can start at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is the Great Commission. And it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, it's interesting here because Jesus says, Therefore, go. And it's a command for us to, therefore, go. It's funny that he doesn't say, therefore stay, or therefore commune, or therefore meet, or therefore be comfortable. But he has to actually command us to therefore go, because he knew that if he didn't command us to therefore go, we wouldn't. And that's why in the early church, it seems like the church wasn't spreading until there was persecution, until something came and forced people to go. And so Jesus' very last words to his disciples was, therefore go. And so we can't just grow, we also have to go. And that's why the Great Commission is often coming up in the concept of go and going and reaching the nations because we have to go. If we're ever going to reach the whole world, it has to be in a place where we're going. Now, not at the detriment of the growing because it is both growing and it is going. So it's growing deep and reaching wide, it is, it is both. And that's why we have the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, because some of those gifts are focused on going and some of those gifts are focused on growing, but we can't have one without the other. They always work together. And all of us are called to go. So even if you say, well, I'm a shepherd teacher, I don't need to go, I can just grow, it doesn't work that way. We may have gifts that are more leaning one towards the other, but we all have the grace and we've all been called, therefore go. Jesus doesn't say, therefore apostles go. He doesn't say, therefore, evangelists go. He says, therefore, go to all of us. And so the the call, the command to go is for each and every one of us to go out into the nations. You know, the, the thing that's vital for us to understand and vital for us to be very clear on when it comes to going is, is three questions. Why are we going? The other question is, what are we going to do? And the last question is, how are we going to go? If those things aren't clear, then it can become hard or challenging for us to be motivated enough or to be clear enough on what I'm supposed to do. And if it's not clear, then often it's easier for us to make excuses on why we don't do it. 
because we just don't have these answers. And so that's what I want us to go through this morning together. I want us to be able to very clearly understand why are we going, what are we going to do, and how are we going to do it. Let's start with the what. What are we going to do? If you're calling me to go, if Jesus says, therefore, go, then what actually am I going to do? Or in other words, what is the mission? If this is the Great Commission in Matthew 28, then what is, what is the mission? And at New Thing, as an organization, we break the mission down into three R's. The first one is reach. We need to reach the lost. Part of our going is evangelism. It's one of the three things that only the church can do. If we're not evangelizing, no NGO, no nonprofit, no government is going to tell other people about Jesus. If they don't know Jesus, why would they spend the time and energy telling people about Jesus? The church has to do it. And so the first one is reaching the lost, and Luke 15 is all about reaching the lost. We have the parable of the lost coin, the woman who had ten coins but lost one and swept her whole house to find the coin. Or the parable of the lost sheep where the shepherd had a hundred sheep, but one of them got lost. He had 99 still, but he went to find the one lost sheep or the parable of the prodigal son, all of them coming from Luke chapter 15 where the prodigal son went, but he came home, he was found, he was dead, but now he's back. So reaching the lost is close to God's heart. And that's the first part of what are we going to do? One of the things is we're going to evangelize. We're going to share Jesus with somebody. We're going to introduce the person of Jesus to one of his lost sons or daughters. Because evangelism, the gospel, is not a set of doctrines, it's not a set of beliefs, it's a person. And so we're introducing the person of Jesus that we fall in love with and introducing him to somebody that doesn't yet know him. The second R, the second part of mission when we say what are we going to do is restore. Restore God's dream. When God created heaven and earth, it was, it was perfect. There was no problems, there was no issues, there was no sin. He said it was good and he said it was very good. When sin came into the world, it ruined everything. There was this brokenness, this fallenness that was now a part of the reality as we know it. But as Christians, we've been called to restore God's dream. We've been called to bring perfection back here. We've been called to fix what has, sin has made wrong. Luke 4, 18 through 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And so we are called to both bring healing and transformation to people and also to systems. So we can't just spend our time working with individual people, although that's important. And we can't just spend time trying to fix systems because systems have already hurt people, so we have to do both. We have these corrupt systems, we have these, these issues of poverty, we have these issues of addiction, we have all these systems that are hurting people that we have to work at fixing. The church needs to be an answer to these problems, these systemic issues in the world. But at the same time, we can't neglect the individuals who these systems have hurt. And so we have to care for the individuals, we have to care for the people, but if we only care for the hurting people and we never fix the systems, then the systems will continue to hurt people. And so we have to restore God's dream by caring both for working at transforming these systems and working at bringing healing to the people who have been hurt. So that's the second part of what are we going to do? We're going to restore God's dream. The third R then is reproduce. And that's reproduce the mission in others. That's both discipleship and church planting. The other two things that only the church can do. 
If the church isn't making disciples, nobody else is going to make disciples. No NGO, no nonprofit, no government is going to make disciples. Because if they're not following Jesus, how can they teach other people how to follow Jesus? And church planting, starting new communities of believers, new communities of faith. No government, no NGO, no nonprofit is going to start new churches. Because why would they? It no longer fits their agenda. There was a day and a time when the church had po political power. The church and the state were one, and there was state-sanctioned churches, but that is no longer the situation that we have. And so no organization is going to start churches or make disciples if we don't. So for us to be able to continue to move into the next generation and the next generation and the next generation, we have to be evangelizing, we have to be making disciples, and we have to be church planting. So that's the dynamic of what it means when we go. And here's 2 Timothy 2.2. You've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many witnesses. So you have heard me teach these things. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will pass them on to other people. That's four generations from Paul to Timothy to trustworthy people to others. So what are we going to do when we're being called to go? Where are we going to and what are we going to do? It's reach the lost, evangelism, restore God's dream, social justice, and then reproduce the mission in others, discipleship and church planting. When all of those three things are happening, we're accomplishing the mission that God has given us. And we also have to realize and we have to understand that the church, the people of Christ, the church that we sit in, the church that we worship in, is not the end goal or the starting point of the mission. The church exists to accomplish the mission. The church is the vehicle that God created you and I the people you're next to, the people you're listening with, we as the church are the vehicle that God created to accomplish the mission. So just by establishing church, we can't say, oh, we have a church, we have a place to meet, the mission is completed. The reason the church exists is to accomplish the mission. And so if we're not going, we're not actually doing the thing that we were created to do. And the way that we get that is we start with Jesus. Everything that we do rises and falls with Jesus. So we begin with Jesus. We start with who do we understand Jesus to be? Why was he on earth? Why did he come? What was his purpose? What did he do when he was here? So from looking and studying Jesus, we get to an understanding of mission. Because what Jesus did is what we're supposed to do. We can follow his methods. We can follow his models. We can follow, follow the way that he lived his life and say, okay, this was who Jesus was. Then this is what the mission is. And so then we ask, okay, what is the mission? How is the mission completed? And how are we supposed to be able to engage well in the mission? If this is what Jesus did, how do we do it? So from what we believe about Jesus to what we believe about the mission, then comes what do we believe about the church? Once we understand the mission, then what we do in the church, how we operate as the church, as the individuals who are part of the body of believers, this universal church, now it becomes very clear on what is the church, why is there a church, and how should the church operate? Because the church exists to accomplish the mission, and the mission was given to us from Jesus. So from Jesus to the mission to the church, not the other way around. We don't establish a church and then decide what our mission will be so that we can tell people about Jesus or that we can represent Jesus to the world because if we do it that way, we'll do it incorrectly. We'll do it from the wrong direction and we'll make a lot of mistakes because the way we're representing Jesus won't be the way that Jesus intended us to be. So we don't start a new community, then decide what our mission is. We learn and study Jesus. We understand the mission from him. We operate the church accordingly, which means we reach, we restore, we reproduce. 
And so that's the first part. That's what are we going to do? We're going to accomplish the mission. The second question is, is why? Why? Why are we going? Why are you sending me to go? One, it was commanded. Jesus said, go. From the beginning of Scripture, actually, in Genesis, we see God say, go forth, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. God was telling Adam and Eve. Then we fast forward to Genesis 9, where God has just flooded all of the earth, and everybody died except for Noah and his family. And God, again, in, in Genesis 9-1 and 9-7, says the same thing he said to Adam and Eve. He says it now to Noah and says, Noah, go forth, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. And then we fast forward a little bit further, and he's talking to the nation of Israel. He's talking to Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel, and saying, I'm going to use you to bless the world. And then we get into the New Testament, and Jesus' last words are, I will be with you to the end of the earth. Acts 1-8, Matthew 28. Go therefore, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So the first commandment of God in Genesis to Adam and Eve was, Go forth, multiply, fill the earth. And his last commandment, before Jesus ascended to heaven, was I will be with you to the end of the age. Go to Jerusalem, go to Judea, go to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and I will be with you. So throughout Scripture, we see this call, this command to go into the world, to make disciples of all nations. So one, why do we go? We've been commanded to. Whether we like it or not, we have been commanded to go. Additionally, we also need to understand the why is what, what's the end result for what purpose are we going? What are we trying to accomplish? So reaching, restoring, and reproducing, those are action words. Those are things that we do. But if we reach, if we restore, if we reproduce, if we evangelize, if we make disciples and plant churches, what are we trying to accomplish? Why are we doing these things? What is the end result we're hoping to achieve? And the first one comes from Habakkuk 2.14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as water covers the sea. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. It's to fill the earth with the presence of Jesus. It's to fill the earth. The reason we're going is to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. So that there's not a single corner, not a single person, not a single being alive that hasn't heard of the person of Jesus Christ. Even more specifically, even more um, defined, even clearer for us to wrap our mind around is Matthew 6, verse 10. This is the Lord's Prayer. And verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. I don't know if you've ever taken any time to think about heaven. Jesus is worshipped constantly. There's no sin, there's no corruption, there's no addiction, there's no war, there's no poverty. Everything is perfect. There's no issues, there's no problems. That heaven that exists is supposed to be here on earth. We are supposed to make right everything that sin has made wrong. As I said a few minutes ago, we are supposed to bring heaven to earth so that God's will is done here fully and completely the same way that God's will is done in heaven right now. So why are we going? We're going to bring heaven down to earth because we're the only ones who can. Because as fully spiritual beings and fully human people, 
We are seated at the right hand of the Father in Ephesians 2. We are seated currently in the heavenly realms, but we're also here on earth still. And so we are the doorway. We are the gateway from heaven to earth. And heaven passes to earth through us. If we don't go and spread heaven everywhere, it just won't happen because it's not possible through other people who haven't been spiritually born again. It is our responsibility and ours only to bring heaven down to earth. So why do we go? Because we're the only ones that can. We're the only people who are fully spiritually living in heaven and here on earth and can be the gateway and the doorway from one place to the next. We usher the earthly to heaven through us and we usher the heavenly to earth through us. That's just the way that it works because Christ, the Spirit of God, resides in us. So lastly is the how. So if we have the what, we have the why are we doing this, now we get into the place of how do we go? And for this, I want to talk about Genesis 12, 2 and 3. I mentioned this verse just a minute ago, but this is, this is um, Abraham, God talking to Abraham, and God says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So when it gets to the question of how, how do we go? We go and we bless. And Dave and John Ferguson, who are the founders of New Thing, the organization that I serve with, they wrote a book called The Blessed Practices. And very quickly, very simply, how do we go into the world? How do we be on mission? We use the BLESS acronym, B-L-E-S-S. -S. The first one is the B is begin with prayer. Before you do anything, begin with prayer. Wake up and say, God, who do you want me to bless today? Who do you want me to have a conversation with? What is it you're asking of me to do today to bring heaven down to earth? How, do, how can I bring your kingdom? So we begin with the B, we begin with prayer. And then we get to the L, which is listen. As you're having conversations with individual people, you're listening for their needs, you're listening for ways you can bless them, you're listening for ways in which you can introduce Jesus to them. And then as you have multiple conversations, maybe in your community or in your workplace, you begin to hear a similar need coming up from different people. So now you know not only how to bless individuals, but you know how to bless a community. Maybe there's a community that has issues educating their youth or having a sports team for their youth or something for the elderly. There's the need that keeps coming up. As you've listened, you've realized this is reoccurring. This is an issue. And now I can begin to work towards that. So that's the L. The E then is eat. This is one of my favorites. We can eat people into the kingdom of God, not physically, not literally, but the idea is that as we listen and as we build relationships, we build relationships best as we eat together. We share a meal, we share coffee, we share tea, because as we open ourselves up spiritually to take in the food, or physically as we take in the food, we also open ourselves up spiritually, and we have much more meaningful conversations. We build much more trust as we share meals with each other. And so before we get into the first S, we have to build relationships because oftentimes, especially if we're an outsider, people are skeptical. We have to be able to build up trust so that when we get to the first S, which is serve, they know we're coming to serve from a good place. So it's B, begin with prayer, L, listen, E, eat, the first S is serve. Serve now the needs of the community. As you've listened, as you've built trust, now you go in and serve. You make the world a better place. You serve the individuals, you serve the people. You find a missional frontier where you can go and make that place more like heaven. And then the second S, the last part of the blessed practices, is story. Share your story. Share your testimony. 
after you've served, you can't just serve and represent Jesus. You also have to share Jesus, if not in any other way than just saying, this is how my life is different as a result of following Christ. This is why we're serving you, because we love you, because the Father loves you. And so, again, as we summarize this, what is the mission? What are we going to do? If we're going, what are we going to do? We're going to reach the lost. We're going to restore God's dream. We're going to reproduce the mission in others. And why are we doing this? We're doing this to bring heaven down to earth. We're doing this because we've been commanded to go. And how are we going to do it? We're going to do it by blessing people. You know, we're not here to convert people. We're here to bless people. If we're trying to convert people, we're trying to coerce them into something that they're not choosing. But when we bless them and when we show them love, we give them the opportunity to then choose the person of Jesus. And so we need to go. There's no other option. There's no other choice. If we're ever going to reach the world for Jesus, it has to be, it will be as a result of our going. And that's hard. It's scary. It's challenging. Trust me, I know. But it starts with small steps. And it starts with one of the reasons I think Jesus sent people out two by two is because he knew if he sent them one by one, it might be too intimidating. It might be too overwhelming. So go with a friend. That's why the microchurch thing is so beautiful that Ivy is doing. Because now you're in smaller groups with people that you can do the mission with. It's not just you going off to do it by yourself, but you have a community, you have a family of people, you go on mission together. And so go out into the community, find ways to serve as a collective whole so that it's not as intimidating. Anybody who's tried to start something new knows it's easier when we have someone to hold us accountable, when we have somebody to do it with. It just demystifies, it kind of breaks down some of the fear, some of the intimidation. So make sure that you're connected with a local community, not just here on Sundays, but during the week. Who are the people you're doing mission with? Who are the people you're doing life with? Where is your home church? Where is your home group? Where is your missional community that you're engaging with to bring heaven down to earth? Because that's the way that we're going to change the world. One person at a time, one community at a time, one group at a time. So hopefully this was of help to you. Hopefully we'll start hearing more and more testimonies of how you are going and how God is blessing the work that you're doing because you're going by faith, you're going in his name, and you're seeing him show up in amazing ways. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. God bless.